Hello, this is a special bonus episode of the Convivio Agency Leaders podcast. It was published only for our members last July, but we're now making it publicly available so that everybody can listen to it too. Happy listening. Hello and welcome to the second episode of the Agency Radar podcast with me, Steve Parks, and Joe Baker, our Chief Research Officer. Now, each month on the podcast, we're going to take one of the key themes from the Agency Radar report and discuss it with a couple of agency leaders to find out what they recognise about those themes, what they're seeing in their marketplace and in their own agency, and also what they think is going to happen further ahead and what they're preparing for. So this episode, we're going to talk to two agency leaders about our theme, which is renegotiating normality. Uh, now, Joe, what does that mean? Thanks, Steve. Yeah, it's an interesting subject. It's uh, it very much related to what we talked about in the previous podcast, the tail effects, the aftershocks of the pandemic. But what's uh, key here with renegotiating normality is that, that there were already effects going on in society. Society was changing, but the pandemic has accelerated all of those. Uh, and uh, brought them to a head to the point now where as we move out of the pandemic, as we look forward to a renewal and a resurgence, um, we have to then deal with these changes in normality. Uh, so particularly things like changes to working um, structures, working from home, hybrid working uh, is the phrase that's doing the rounds at the moment quite a lot. What does hybrid working actually mean in practice? What does it mean long term? How do we negotiate that? How do we negotiate those people who want to work from home more than uh, those who want who uh, want to work back in the office? And the effects or the pressure being put on people to return to the office. There's a strange phrase about getting back to work as if work didn't happen at all during the pandemic. And so there's lots of negotiations around that normality um, uh, and what that will look like. Uh, because of that, it's also a, it's a positive moment because it is a time to reinvent. It's a time to rethink and readdress and, and often redesign things that we had hoped we would uh, would be able to be done to be done. Um, now in this new era, maybe we can actually put them in place. There were many um, people, for example, we hear anecdotal stories of um, uh, IT bosses who wanted to put in new IT systems and were finding lots of pressure against them, lots of resistance to that. And the pandemic phase has accelerated that and made it happen almost overnight in, a, in just a week. It went from nothing to everything. Uh, so there's many opportunities, real opportunities available in this time. Uh, but of course, it's also with, you know, with all these things up in the air, it's a time of much uncertainty as well. And that's definitely a trait that we're experiencing. We're finding generally in the workplace, uh, in home life, in um, socialising, uh, in uh, the political realm uh, and uh, even at the global level, there's enormous amounts of uncertainty. Some people thrive in uncertainty. Many people find it very unsettling and deeply difficult to deal with, uh, inducing lots of anxiety. Uh, and there are risks, of course, for those who can't adapt in that phase of uncertainty in this era where things are changing so much for those who can't adapt for whatever reason, find it uh, uh, induces too much anxiety or they're too wedded to solid um, historic legacy patterns and um, hierarchies and so on. This is a, a difficult time and a risky time. 
Yeah, and uh, with agency leaders, of course, they're dealing with multiple vectors at which that sort of the changed expectations are coming from and the, the, the change, the uncertainty and so on. So, for example, staff have been working from home and had a changed home life for the last 18 months have had a lot of time re-evaluating what their life is about, what their work is about, how they want things to be, how their relationships are, what their home life is like, uh, and so on. So all of these things have changed for them. And they're then coming back to this uh, you know, idea of getting back to the office or getting back to a normal life with very changed view on what they want that normal life to be. At the same time, client organizations have had different experience and different changes, and they're coming back with changed expectations too. Um, and agency leaders themselves might have different views of what they want the business to be and so on. Um, so uh, an agency leader now has to be across all of these different changed expectations. And I think this is why we chose that phrase renegotiating normality, because it has to be this active renegotiation. Um, agencies that kind of just drift into hoping everything will be okay, or believing that everything will be exactly as it was before March 2020, uh, will hit problems. So there has to be a very active renegotiation with staff, with freelancers, with clients. And also for agencies, of course, they've got to understand their clients' clients or customers. Um, because, of course, the work they do for clients, they have to really understand the changed expectations there. So it really is this time where leaders have to consciously step back and re-understand this kind of changed uh, world uh, and what the changed expectations for that are. Um, you in the uh, Agency Radar newsletter wrote this brilliant thing and shared this fantastic article uh, the other week, which was about this idea of re-onboarding team members. Yes, absolutely. And I was just about to say that. Thanks for, for bringing it up, Steve. Yes, it's precisely the idea, I think. It's a, it's a time at which the button needs to be reset on some things. Uh, so talking about employment there, for example, even those in, uh, staff who've been in place for many years are now in a... In, many of them in a situation which is completely different from the the job that they started in at the beginning of their career uh beginning of their their place with the with your business and they may themselves feel that they need to have an onboarding experience I, not that i enjoy that word at all i can't stand that americanism but you know a, a, f a first day at the office what does that look like um in this post-pandemic world that we're looking forward to at the moment and the watchword I think that we're going to experience uh, for all of us is is flexibility and adaptability. That's the thing which uh, will be the overriding um, experience of, in all this. So just as um, employees may want a, a reset, it may well be that this is a time for um, for us as agency leaders to reevaluate what is our business now? Who are we? Um, how do we express our position in the marketplace to our customers and clients and potential customers as well? Um, so that that kind of reevaluation, um, renegotiation of who we are now is yeah, that's it. Great, Joe. Thank you very much. Well, we're joined this uh, month by two guests, two agency leaders, to discuss some of these issues. Um, uh, Paul Bellows runs an agency called Yellow Pencil, which is a public sector digital agency uh, in Canada. And Sue Keogh runs a company called Sue Keogh, uh, which is a marketing agency in Cambridge, England. And they both join us now. Sue, let's start with you. Um, these issues that we've discussed, this rene renegotiating 
creating normality. Do you recognise these kind of themes, these kind of issues? Does it ring true to you? Yeah, no, it certainly does. It feels like, um, you know, there's all these waves kind of sloshing backwards and forwards and, and ev it's slowly settling, but it's still, it kind of goes up and down like that. And as everybody repositions themselves and it's whether it's employees thinking, um, or should I be switching? Should I be changing? The situation around them is changing. Um, I think there was something in the report saying how um, searches for terms like um, uh, notice periods is is uh, are increasing, that kind of thing. Everyone's kind of a little bit, mm, and a lot of people might have been sitting tight for quite a while, and then they're thinking maybe it's time to move. And, and I'm seeing it a lot both in large organisations around me. Um, I'm seeing it in not necessarily my own team. <laughs> Maybe I'm going to get a shock tomorrow. Um, but, you know, I'm seeing it there. But also I've been hiring lately and I've noticed the way that people have applied for roles has changed as well. So I'm getting a lot of people from all over the place. Um, and, and I am still quite dedicated to the idea that I, I need a team locally. Um, because I, I, I really think this is what works for us in terms of being able to meet people face to face and all that kind of thing. Um, and I don't necessarily want to be managing a team from a distance. Um, for me, a lot of the last year has felt a little bit, maybe it's because I'm only five foot two and I quite often I'm trying to sort of reach up in high cupboards, but a lot of it has felt like that mentally for the last year and a half, just overstretching all the time. Just, oh. And so I, I just like seeing people face to face. So I've been getting a lot of applicants, applications, sorry, from people say, yeah, yeah, no, no, I, I'll relocate. Yeah, it's fine. You know, I'm, I mean, I'm in Cambridge, England, Sky in New York. Yeah, no, it's fine. I'll come over. And I feel like I, I don't want you to. I don't want you to come over just on that flimsy little thread. Um, you know, a woman I spoke to who she was geographically kind of all over the place and uh, her husband had just relocated to Southampton, uh, which uh, for Paul's benefit really is in yeah, it's the south of the country. Um, and I said, oh, it's going to be a tricky commute you know she said no 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 it's fine you know I can drive up and I say well you know it's gonna be tricky um and then she phoned me back uh 20 minutes later and said it's fine I've spoken to my husband we're gonna move to Cambridge let's go no god I mean it's really nice but it's all a bit impulsive and you could do anything any moment you know you seem like someone would be great to go out for a drink with but I'm not sure what I really want to hire you anyway so I'm kind of seeing this um repositioning resettling at every level at the moment mm. so it's quite exciting but a bit you know hasn't settled mm. yet paul how about you well it's, it's been an interesting year so you know i think sue when, when we did the other the other podcasting of the topic you talked just a little bit about just the emotional work that that you've done as a leader in in this last year and a half you know where it's sort of this whatever end of the pandemic or the middle point i don't know where we're at who knows yeah, it where looks are we? it feels like we're getting our never ends. Thing finally but i know i know so this at, at this moment in august of 2021 it feels like we're at some sort of an end of something but we'll see but you know i, I came out of this and I, and I had two weeks of holiday booked up uh, booked off that i desperately needed because this emotional work that we've had to do that you know even if it's just 20 percent more emotional work what that's taken out of out of leaders in in my organization has just been enormous and i came i just getting ready for my vacation three of my senior leaders resigned all sort of within a couple of weeks and just said, I got to stop. I'm exhausted. I just can't see myself showing up even after holiday, even after a break. And, and I kind of want to leave agency life. You know, this, everything about this has been too much for me. And so in the midst of my vacation, I had to basically recruit and rehire three senior leaders for my organization in real time, you know, and I think it's hard to understate just, you know, 
I don't want to privilege leaders. It's been hard for everyone in the organization. The unique work that leaders do, you know, uh, of working alongside people, coaching, mentoring, problem solving, adding the emotional labor on top of that, I think has just completely drained the batteries. Also because I think the, the, the weird thing that happened during this year of isolation is everything that gave us that, that, you know, triggered the reward center of our brain. Even if that's just clinking a mug, you know, like a, you know, a pint of beer at the end of the day, just those funny moments of laughter with people, all those small rewards and, you know, left. And just the number of people I know that, that ended relationships, long-term relationships during this pandemic, that, that, that made major life changes. You know, I think a lot of people just got confronted with the bare reality of their existence during this. It was a very existential year and a half. So I think a, a lot of what we're going to expect to see coming out of this is some of our key people are going to have really rethought their story of, do I want to be in professional services? Do I want to be a creative? Do I want to be a developer? Do I want to be something else? Do I want to go back to school? Do I, do I like who I am? Because a lot of the things that came to us that, that said, hey, who you are is great, were sort of these soft things that were, that were environmental. And when the environment changed, you know, I think a lot of us were left not necessarily loving who, who we were. I, I am still in my job and I'm still married to my lovely partner. And so I managed to find out that I liked the things that I had, but not everyone did. And I think that was really essential. So, you know, this mass resignation thing that's happening that all the pundits are saying happening, it really did hit us, but more at a leadership level than at a team level, because those are the people that, whose batteries had just gotten completely drained. The other thing that, that we're seeing right now is, you know, our deal started numbers are at or above target. We're doing great. Deals closed. Clients ability to make decision, commit to work is in the tank. Like people aren't making decisions. So and I think that comes from a few things. People just don't know what's coming. They're confused. They're, their futures are uncertain. They are having staff changeover. You know, we, we got shortlisted for a huge project. We had a great shortlist presentation. Six weeks later, the director of communications who owned the project resigned and was replaced. And it's been three or four months and they're still onboarding the new person. And we still don't know, have we, have we won the work or not? You know, we, we were one of two, maybe we win, maybe we don't. So for a lot of really good reasons, clients are having trouble making those decisions. And we're in the summer months here. And a lot of people have just finally started to travel and use vacation. So clients are operating on a skeleton staff too. So clients aren't making decisions right now. And that's been really challenging. And I think the third thing that we're starting, just starting to see happening is going to be this grand re-architecture happening on our customer side um, for all the reasons we just talked about, but also because during this time, digitally, we all did a lot of things really fast that everyone told us was impossible. No one's going to do that. No one's going to move to remote. No one's going to hold board meetings over Zoom. No one's going to move to Microsoft Teams for all communication at a bank. That will never happen. And it did really fast. And people put in new systems with no forethought with no governance in place, with no lifecycle management in place, with no sort of architectural planning. They said, what's the next thing I can plug into this gap? Which is kind of how all of us in digital do a lot of things, actually. Just what library will do this? You want a calendar module? What's a bit, you know, we just sort of, we're always kind of finding. Our clients had to work in that space too. I think something that's going to happen now is they're going to be stepping back saying, what do we just do? What have we bought? How does this operate? How do we manage this? What are the liabilities here? I think a lot of us, things that just came fast and heavy that people put in place, things they did really quickly, whether it be a, a system or a campaign or, a, or a, you know, an ad concept, just to meet a moment and to be ready for to, you know, a sink or swim moment. Now they're going to say, okay, what do we do with that? I think that's something we all have to get prepared for, just re-architecture of everything where clients are going to start to go, okay, now we got to plan for what this means for our next 10 years. We're in this new digital world. We're doing it. Do we have the right people? Do we have the right partners? Do we pick the right tools? Does it all work together? You know, is this sustainable? And I think there's going to be this grand re-architecture. See, I think if you prepare for that, 
you know, whether, you know, so you talk about like content and kind of how your firm does, you know, content creation, we're a little more on the system side, you know, for both of us, there's going to be moments of re-architecture where if we can get ahead of the game on it, I think we could really help our clients to face the moment. It could be a net driver for business, but if we're not ready for that grand re-architecture and dealing with teams that are leaving or fatigue and just sort of, you know, dealing with, you know, like clients and their decision-making and help them, you know, make the right decision. I think all those things together are sort of the, this is just from my point of view and where I sit in my seat. Those are the forces I'm seeing that are that we're going to have to respond to in the next little while. I was just going to say they're, they're really interesting that uh, both of you picked up on what I think is key about this particular theme, re- renegotiating normality, is that there were already things going on in society. There were changes to the nature of work going on, mm-hmm. changes being brought about because of the um, the developments in technology in particular. Uh, accelerations towards more remote working, more hybrid situations. That the pandemic then hyper accelerated those. They, as mm-hmm. you said, Paul, they had to be put in place really quickly. And Sue, as you said in our, our previous discussion on the other podcast, um, you know you knew how to do them already, but you you then switched them on pretty much overnight. And that's what's kind of key about the pandemic phase. But as we now enter into this long tail, whatever this is. We're now trying to work out well, what does that mean ongoing? When we're back yeah. to the possibility of meeting face to face, what does that actually mean? And it's really interesting that both of you, the first thing you talked about was the personnel HR yes. kind of issues. What does it mean for people as they're trying to deal with um, the change in, in their priorities, the, the necessary um, consequence on practical daily life of being around the same people all the time uh, in the home or within a you know, really small um, distance from the home. Um, uh, there are so many things that that then affects in the in the way we choose our priorities. And um, uh, yeah, it's a, it's really interesting you 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 pick up on both of those um, initially. What I really was fascinated though, particularly, was the way in which you talked about um, people applying for these roles or people appearing in these roles. Mm. Mm. With my kind of researcher hat on, um, listening to to um, news and current affairs in particular, and lots of the research going on in some of the uh, academic media behind this, uh, it seems to be very much a um, um, the employees' market. Employees are in this in the strong position because um, the pandemic has brought about um, problems with immig- or challenges to immigration. It's much harder to move across borders when you need vaccine passports to do it and, and so on and so forth. Uh, here in the UK, we have an added complication on top of that, uh, Brexit, which has caused so many issues with, with uh, immigration. But there's similar things happening in other parts of the world. In the US, for example, the previous uh, administration's policy on immigration mm-hmm. had massive effects on it. And so employees tend to seem to be at the moment very much in the strong place and are able to negotiate, you know, pretty strong conditions for themselves or pretty strong positions for themselves, should I say, making it much harder for employers to then say, you know, we can just get whoever we want. And hence the amount of turbulence that that, uh, you seem to both be talking about. I think it feels to me, though, that also employees haven't quite worked out what they want as well, because you have this feeling of, oh, okay, so then this means I can work remotely anyway. This is amazing. Oh, you know, but it still feels like maybe for them, they're also thinking, but is actually this, is this what I want? You know, which is why I wonder that some of the applications I get, which are a bit further away, um, actually they feel a bit not really thought through. 
you know, like people are just applying for anything anywhere. But then when it really comes down to it, I, I, I just wonder, is that really what a lot of people want or not? You know, it feels like everyone's just kind of, oh, okay, this is new. I can try this out. We're all just kind of experimenting and, and trying things. And there's this, this sort of rebounding feeling or, um, you know, it comes out in the report about the word aftershock, this feeling of it, okay, we feel like we're approaching normality. Oh, no, there's something else happening. And, and that's how it feels very much with hiring at the moment, both from people who are coming to me for work to also the way that I'm looking at them and thinking it through and, and looking at CV and thinking, yeah, this guy looks great. But does he, does he really, I don't know if he really, does he really want it? Does he really want to come? You know, I don't think he does. I think he wants to stay where he is. I think he's just kind of um, trying it out because it's a new opportunity that's, that's here. But I don't think everybody does want to work fully remote. Um, so you know, I, I think, yeah, I, I think it's so wise. Like what, what I was just thinking about when you were talking there was, you know, the, the old adage, you know, change is as good as a rest. Mm. And I think in a, in, in a moment in history where we seem to be under an onslaught of everything is going wrong all the time for everybody <laughs> yeah. and, and terrible people are making terrible decisions who have a lot of power to make those decisions a, a lot. You know, there is no rest. Like rest has gotten difficult. You know, we live in this era of just like con continuous information and most of that information is is threatening. And I think there's some people that are just making a change because it's the last thing they can do. It's the only mm. thing they have left that they have mm. any agency over, you know. So yeah. um, I think there's change for change's sake happening all over the place right now. And I think you got to watch for that as a leader to say, look, you know, like if you're trying to build consistent culture and, and steady the boat, you know, that, like being really careful with hiring, despite the fact that there may be, you know, it's, it's both true, you know, um, you know, Joe, as you said, like, it's a worker's market, you know, but also there aren't a lot of really great people to hire because we're all in digital competing with the, the Googles and the Facebooks and the largest employers, the largest businesses on the planet are, are fighting for the same resources that we are, you know, so like, and, and, and we just can't fight a battle of someone who can pay $400,000 a year to settle you in San Francisco, for instance, you know, that's just a very different offer. Um, so, you know, there's these weird economies of scale, there's these weird kind of like market, what is someone looking for? But, you know, I, I think there are still really good people out there. And I think, that, you know, there will be people that are great people that are motivated to change. Your filters are going to have to be really high. You know, I think that's what you're referring to. So hopefully I'm just plotting what you just said. Too. So I just wanted to come back to that theme of change. It's really interesting. You've, you've mentioned both of you mentioned that word several times. I wonder whether, you know, we've had to deal, haven't we, with the last 18 months with almost con constant change. Yeah. You know, all of our governments, uh, for, for better or for worse, have neglected to make the most of scientific and expertise a scientific insight and expertise for years and, and have allowed that to drift and now in this era have had to be uh, constantly adapting and changing and they're constantly of course they're, they're presenting us with new things every couple of weeks so this is a new way to behave a new way to behave a new new policy a new um, mm. uh, um, thing to for you to do at, at all kinds of levels of society and so I wonder whether there's going to be an aspect in which we remain especially as agency leaders in that reactive pattern the whole time, constantly there's another set of changes we have to do. And whether there's constantly kind of, we've, we've learnt now traits of being reactive. Do you think, do you think that's, it, how easy is it going to be get out of that kind of reactive nature? It's such an interesting question. I'll, I'll just do a super quick answer then Sue, I'd love to hear your thoughts. You know, I, I, think, I think it's so easy to get into firefighting mode. And once you're in firefighting mode, then you stop doing the things that prevent fires from happening in the first place. You know, the basic maintenance and the proactive activity and the culture building. Once you're in firefighting mode, you're just putting out fires, you know, and, and then that's a really easy modality to stay stuck in. I think also while there's been constant external change, 
I haven't left the room I'm in working for a year and a half. I, I haven't, and it's in my house where I haven't really left in a year and a half. Like, there's been almost no personal change and transformation. I haven't gotten on a plane. I haven't eaten a new meal. I haven't, like, I have been living, you know, the, the, the Groundhog Day, the old Bill Murray movie, you know. The, it, so, so it's both at a personal level, absolute locked in a position and held down, pinned in that moment, right? And at, a, at an external level, nonstop change, like just constant crisis, constant, you know, tragedy quite often. You know, it's just been really hard as an individual to just as a human for myself to, to live in that moment. You know, it's been hard. But I don't know, I, Sue, I'd love to hear your thoughts. Well, I think that running an agency actually sets you up for change really well. You know, it makes you so resilient and you're so used mm -hmm. to things changing all the time. So, you know, we work roughly with the same sort of sectors, like the sensible end of things. So education, sciences, tech, uh, public sector, that kind of thing. Um, but within that, it's different people that we're working with, the nature of the projects is different, the goals are different and all of that. So we're used to this, and this is something I say when I'm hiring, that every day is different. We're, we're kind of used to that feeling of everything upending every five minutes and just kind of trying to keep on top of everything. And then through that, you have to be very good at spotting what are the, what are the threads? What are the things that are, are continual? What are the things we want to carry on doing? Oh, my hand came in really big on the screen then. Um, but, but, and what are the things that we need to adapt and, and change? You know, what, how are these trends changing? And where do we want to draw the line? What's our own boundaries? So I think for us uh, running agencies, we are kind of in a, in a stronger position, whereas some of the organisations we work with I mean, it's funny, you were saying earlier, Joe, about um, how it's accelerated change. Um, I'm good friends with uh, the IS head of digital comms, and he said he'd been trying to get some sort of system for remote working in for, for years. And he said, and it happened in a weekend, <laughs> you know, and, and some of these systems that just move forward so quickly. And in agency life, we're, we're used to this. Um, and for me, I've found it much easier to, to move into the pandemic period. You know, it just had to happen and much harder to get back in. Um, and and to recognise where there's areas that are going to be imbalanced, and how which ones are just going to stay imbalanced. So, for example, um, we're all moving back a little bit more now. Uh, my new project manager, she just wants to be in the office five days a week. Lovely, great. Um, I've got someone else who's pregnant, and she just wants to stay. You know, I've I've kept separate away from everyone else all this time. I'm just going to carry on doing that. You know, I've got my home set up fine. And so we're going to have, we're going to go out for drinks on Friday. But I, so I said there and then, right, okay, anytime we do something face to face, it's social. At the same time, we put something in the diary that's a Zoom um, meeting, you know, drinks for everybody else. Because I've recognised that there, there's some parts of the organisation that I think are just going to stay imbalanced long term in, in you know, in that kind of way. Um, so that's one of the, the tricks at the moment, you know, to, to recognise, yeah, some things are just going to stay like that. How... Are we going to see that as a negative or a positive? How can we turn it round? Um, yeah, and just always kind of looking, looking another step ahead, which is really hard when the rug keeps on taking, being taken from under our feet. And it's that looking ahead that is going to be absolutely key because we've named this renegotiating normality for a key mm. reason in that it's got to be a proactive step. That negotiation has to happen rather than people just sliding randomly into all sorts of mm. assumptions because you're going to have staff members making assumptions that their new lifestyle is going to be absolutely fine, fitting in with the organisation that's now got new expectations from other staff members, new expectations from clients. So as leaders, I think we're going to have to very proactively go out there and 
negotiate, mindfully negotiate how this new world is going to be. And as agencies, we've got a special position as well because we lead clients to the new world. So we've got to kind of almost negotiate on clients' behalf as well and negotiate with clients about where to go next and how to be. Um, so what's your advice? What's your thinking on what 